Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 111 of Beyond Synth. Today on the show, Adam McNabb and I, Adam McNabb from Lucasette, talk about our favorite PlayStation 1 games. Now, here's the deal, guys and gals. And I know this is going to be really weird, but we're going to change things up this week. I have a bit of a hangover. So I'm not doing any of these segments. Uh, Adam is here for the whole episode, so it's a full two-hour episode anyways. Uh, so we'll do Keeping It 80s next week, and I'll do a proper Patreon uh, next week. But honestly, I um, uh, yeah, man, my stomach hurts and my head hurts, and I don't want to do this. So, <laughs> so we're... T- oh, God, I feel like shit. So anyways... Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, it's a fun show. Obviously, it was recorded before I was hungover. And uh, we listen to lots of cool music and talk about our PlayStation 1 games. We did get a bunch of new Patreons this week. And uh, I'll make sure to mention everybody next week, man. But uh, my head hurts today, so, you know. Anyways, enjoy the rest of the show. Maybe we'll, we'll listen to a song. And then uh, we will go to my conversation with Adam McNabb. So what do do we got here? All right, so we'll listen to this track by Phaserland. Sorry, I'm not giving it uh, as much gusto as it deserves, buddy, but my my head is a... My head is a thing. Uh, So this is Alone With You by Phaserland. And uh, when the track is done, I'll be uh, chatting with Adam McNabb. All right. So, uh, Alone With You by Phaserland. Phaserland is cool. Go check it out. And, uh, yeah, enjoy my chat with Adam.
fantastic. Yeah, you sound good, man. It's a good little mic, this. I got it, um, believe it or not, from a second-hand store thing. And it's actually for the Focusrite, which is pretty cool. It sounds beautiful compared to the other one I had. Well, that's good. Well, the other one you had was fucking breaking, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, last time I talked to you, like, it would just fucking, there'd be fuzz and craziness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one's perfect now, but it smells of smoke. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it's got a lot of smoke damage, so that's a bit of a shitter. It's good to see you, though, Andy. Good to hear from you. Good to, good to, good talking to you. Yeah, man. Well, let's, uh, let's begin, because it's been a while since you've, uh, been on the show. Today, we're going to talk about PlayStation 1 games, our favorite PlayStation 1 games. Mm. And we're going to listen to some cool music, and we're going to catch up, because we haven't, uh, talked that much lately. I mean... We haven't, have we? There's probably... A is there anything to catch up on? <laughs> uh, maybe a few things. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll tease it out over the course of the show. Well, people have already heard it. I've already heard what? The teaser. Oh, you're, you <laughs> You mean the teaser for the look is that thing? Yeah. So that was cool. So uh, tell me a bit about that, man. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just music, isn't it? It's just music that's coming out soon. So I'm not going to tell you when, but I know that it's soon. Mm. And yeah, I don't need to tell you jack shit. And <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I should, I'm here today with Adam McNabb. Hi, mate. The lead singer of Lucasette. They um, they put out a teaser about a mm. month ago for their first new piece of music in... 20 years, I think. <laughs> We've been working close by with Steve Winwood and uh, Peter Gabriel. We've... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Something new. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, uh, how did you feel recording some <laughs> some new look of set? Did you feel good? There's no coughing on this show. <laughs> no, I want to cough. Uh, it felt ace, mate. And uh, I love that feeling the five minutes prior when me and Joe would have sat there going, oh my God, oh my God, I wonder what people are going to think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love that feeling when you put it out there and people just start commenting. And I, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but yeah, it was, uh, it's ace. Well, people yes, so. people people liked it. I, I saw lots of positive response. I know, mate. That's, and we've hit ten thousand followers on his Facebook page. Ooh, for doing fuck all. <laughs> ten thousand. Who'd have thought? Eh? Well, that's exciting, man. So you guys got to uh, get your act in gear and uh, finish it. You're not my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> so don't even start, Andy. No, um, yeah, I am no, now, mate, lad. No. <laughs> I'm going to take the mantle up and be your new dad so that you can oh. crack the whip and get this fucking thing finished. All right, then, Dad. But, yeah, no, it's it's, 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 it's been ages, and uh, like you say, it's just nice to... I'd, I'd rather do stuff gradually, do you know what I mean? Rather than just banging out an album every fucking five minutes. Mm. So, I'd rather, like you say, someone said it's it's... Well, I don't know if it is quality, but it's quality over quantity, I'd say. Right. Keep people wanting more. Is that also an excuse to justify your laziness? Who said I was lazy? You're nearly as rude as that woman. I wanted to see a white doctor. In, is it in Canada that woman did that? <laughs> so rude and racist. Look, I, for, we have to establish right now that that lady does, in fact, speak for all of us. And I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with that woman's position <laughs> of... Uh, <laughs> Careful what you say, Andy. Bloody hell! I know you don't mean it, but if someone just—if that one person, that one follower, just tuned in at that precise moment <laughs> and then turned off before you we started saying it was a joke, then you'd have lost that all your followers. That's true, that, actually. The whole yeah. one. Well, who knows? Maybe I'd get a whole bunch more. You'd have, been, you'd have been in the minus. Yeah, that that would be a really tough place to be when you're already in the minus. It's amazing how low you can go, and <laughs> as soon as 
<laughs> as soon as my listeners discover that I'm racist against Indian doctors, that uh, you're not. He's not really everybody. He's just joking. <laughs> but, um, but yes, yeah, that was. Yes, that was in Canada. That was actually uh, in uh, what? There's like a city that's uh, I don't know about an hour from Toronto. There's a racist lady over there, man. <laughs> so was it in Canada then? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah. We got racist people here too, man. That mm, uh, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, she might have had a bad day. She might have not been able to find Wally on the last page of the book, <laughs> and you know it's just sent her a bit AWOL. Yeah, and she's racist. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we should. <laughs> I going to say, speaking of racist. Yeah. yeah speaking of racist, <laughs> let's listen to uh, another track. <laughs> well, I guess I could have thrown to an Action Jackson track, I suppose. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Are you played it yet? Uh, no, we're gonna. We're not gonna talk about <laughs> racism. We're gonna. We're gonna. T- I just. Read, it was a bad segue. It's only a good segue if I actually throw to an actual like white supremacist uh, synthwave act, which I'm not going to do right now. I'm gonna throw to a cool synthwave act called Danger Mode with uh, with a cool song called Meridian Cruising.
And that was Danger Mode with Meridian Cruisin' off the album Secret Dimensions. Today I am chatting with Adam McNabb. Oh, man. Oh, my throat's throat's gone really full, eh? What what just happened? Oh, sorry. I don't know. I I, I drank some tea and it went... I had a little bubble in my throat. (laughs) Sounded like Arnie. Well, today, why don't we uh, try and get down to business? Will that be an exciting thing for my listeners? It'll have to be, won't it? To to actually, like, try and stay on some sort of topic? Yes. So... In the past, we've done our uh, our favorite Super Nintendo games and N sixty four games. And that one was a little meandering, and so uh, oh, and I've re- and keep uh, this hang on, one. mate. I've, re- I've released a clothing store as well, haven't I? Online t shirt store. What you know about? Never heard of it. It's called Andy You're a Twat. I wonder if that's taken. Google it. Let's find out. Andy Synth, you are a massive twat. Well, hold on. Let me actually type in Andy You're a Twat dot com and see what happens. You are a twat.com. So funny how you say twat. Um, yeah, it's... What? what did I write? Andy, you're eat... Tw- I, I wrote the wrong thing. I can't actually type. Andy, you eat twat. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, it's, uh, it's a little Freudian slip there. But um, yes, okay, so you are uh, Piccolo Joe. I've been uh, promoting your shirts on my show. I know, and I've been promoting your show in my shirts. <laughs> <laughs> For the listener who doesn't understand, uh, when people order Piccolo Joe shirts, uh, uh, Adam throws in a, a Beyond Synth card in there. Oh, but I do. Um, and thank you for the mug as well. It's lovely. Take a picture of yourself with it. I will. Well, the thing is that I've thrown it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I've got it here. I use it for collecting poop. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's got a decent enough capacity for that. I have an Instagram account now, so... You have, and you haven't posted any photos yet well i posted i posted some things i'm i'm, I'm learning how to use yeah, it but your penis does not count as viewing material yeah it's very small so it's that's how you get the minus followers but here's what i'll say this is the thing everyone always you know has their phrases and i've got mine it's like it might be short but at least it's thin short and thin <laughs> well it's, it's normally long and thin too far in short and thick does the trick. yes so what i'm saying is anyway look tell me about uh, you want to talk about piccolo joe is that a thing you want to talk about Oh, yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now, can't do, man. Now I feel like I can be your dad. You're going through puberty, and I can start telling you about the birds. And the... You know, son. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's going really well. It's going really well. And uh, if you like your 80s and your 90s and your, you know, your films and your art and your, your fashion nostalgia and stuff like that, it might be right up your street. I've got another collection coming out in the summer. Well, it's the summer now, so in July. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to tease a few little designs here and there. But um, I'm working on something now. I'm going to show you Andy on Skype, but um, I can show you after if you want. I could just send you a photo. Yeah, you can do all of those things. But I'm not going to pull my foreskin back, though. Well, see, that's the thing. You know, if you're going to go for the sock look, I'm going to treat you like a sock. Do you understand? <laughs> that's my catchphrase. <laughs> Right. Well, you know what mine and Joe's uh, catchphrase at the, at the moment? <laughs> yes, what is that? So, basically, when we get together, we, 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 we do a bit of music, and then bef- when it's when we get to the point where we're actually getting into it, it's time to go home. I feel like a, like a school kid, right? Mm. And the uh, other day I said, we actually, well, he, I don't know if it's me and him who said it, I said, we actually work good together when we're not together. We work, <laughs> it's like we work better together than, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we do get more stuff done when we're not there. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, which is a bit, uh, it's a bit of an anticlimax. It was funny though <laughs> when we said it at the time. <laughs> I was waiting for like some sort of pithy phrasing of it though. I can't remember what we actually said. It was along those lines, <laughs> but 
the bottom line is, you know, when you're working remotely and like uh, adding things to tracks and stuff, and then the second you guys get together, you just goof around. Yeah, when we ping it back and forth. It seems to work better than just going to it and just playing PlayStation and eating pizza. As far as like the new stuff is concerned, then like what's what's James up to? Or is he just in Dubai and that's that? James likes to listen. He's more of a listener now, so it's a shame really because he, he really wants to get back into it because he does miss music. But he's got he's got his own life out in Dubai now, ain't he? You know what mm. I mean? Growing a beard? Yeah, he's, he's blending in now. So. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't meant to be. I, I meant like <laughs> it did sound like that, but I didn't mean like that. I meant like he's he's, he's blending into the. I I know. I totally understand now. what you mean. Just as long as they're not my doctor, that's what you're saying, right? Is that <laughs> is that what we're saying today? <laughs> yeah, James. He's, he's uh, it was it was his missus's birthday the other day, so mm. uh, they had a they had a bit of fun in the in Dubai. But it's just there's no greenery. He's like, we're having a day out, but it's just the desert. I, I didn't know if he was going to take her out or kill her and bury her or something. I don't know. But they've got, like, tons of money out there, right? Like, can't they just, like, make a fake forest? I feel like that's well, something they could do. Well, they've probably got a virtual reality forest. Don't they just sit at home and just put the headset on or something? Well, speaking of, uh, um... No, there's no way to segue to this. Let's listen to Mega Drive. He finally uh, came back with an album uh, recently, after many years, and this is a cool track. This is mm. God Speed Us to the Stars. <laughs>
was God Speed Us to the Stars by Mega Drive. The dude uh, still kicks some ass. Yeah. I asked him if he was any more talkative now than he used to be, because that's famously one of my old Beyond Synth episodes with a guest who didn't really want to talk too much. So what did you have to do then? Did you just have to pretend to talk for him? Well, it, it made me laugh. I found it funny when I talk to people who don't really like to talk, um, but uh, he said, no, he is not any more talkative, which means I, I won't have him back, Yes, <laughs> but I will play his music. Well, no, that's his choice. That's not me being a dick. Because I asked him. I said, are you more talkative now with the intent that he was going to come back on the show? And he's like, no, not really. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Just for the record, you're not coming back on the show. But, like, um, <laughs> do you find sometimes I find awkwardness endearing, quite endearing. But sometimes when I'm in a room with someone talking, it can be hit and miss. I, I like awkwardness and all, but... Sometimes when you're having a bad day, you're like, oh, fucking hell, man. It's just not something I want to be doing right now. Yeah, it just depends on what my goal is. Like, if there's a goal I'm trying to achieve, or if I'm working with somebody on a project, mm -hmm. and their awkwardness is an impediment to completing the task, right? Yeah, then I will get really frustrated. Mm. A lot of times, like, when I record the show, it's fine. It's an aimless show anyway, so someone's awkward, that's fine. It, it's funny to me. But if I'm like, if we're in like a working situation and th something has to be done and someone, you know, like the kind of person who like just asks a lot of questions and never knows what to do and then that can be frustrating. What do you classes work, Andy, apart from doing this? Uh, basically just, uh, I set up these elaborate, uh, photo sessions of me jerking off with multiple <laughs> cameras. And if I get like some intern who comes in here and is just like... Mm. Uh, so uh, am I supposed to hit record on this one too? I'm like, you're supposed to hit record on all of them. That's the point. It's a fucking panoramic shot of me having a wank. All six cameras have to be on. It's like in a circle. And, and then when it, I say, lick my tip. <laughs> I know my, my point is like, I shouldn't even have to say that. Mm, I mean, like once you're true. already in the working environment, they should understand uh, the procedures. It's all or nothing with you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. It you're is. either going guns blazing, you're not <laughs> it, or if you're quite timid about it, you can. There's the door. Why? Why did you call your shirt company Piccolo Joe? It just rolls off your tongue, innit? it's like, why do I call myself Smack Majidu on PlayStation? It just rolls off the tongue. Is that how you pronounce it? Smack Majidu. Okay, is that how right you? Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, man. Well, you have a good night. Cheers. <laughs> I've got a, a multiplication table on my mug, Andy. So what is 13 times 7? Oh, dude, I'm bad. I have to go. Okay, 10 to 7 is 70... 91? Correct. It's a good job you got a calculator on your laptop, innit, you daft cunt? No, I had to... You'd, you'd hear me if I was typing on my computer. It's loud. I know. Uh, okay, one more. One more. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'll give you an easy one. No, I'm bad with math. Okay. Like I honestly like it, it. It shuts my brain down, and I have to think. If you if you said right now like seven times eight, I would sit there and be like seven fifty six. I'd have to think about it. I've never been good at it. Anyway, PlayStation One. Jesus Christ, Andy! I come on this show. This is costing me money. <laughs> Just a time is money thing. You could be out there pressing shirts. Time is money. I need to send you a shirt, actually, mate. Sorry about that. I'll get around to it. But if unless you want to hang on and see the new collection. Yeah, okay. We can do that. But it's going well, though. It's going really well. Thanks, mate. Thanks for asking. Thanks for bringing it up. Well, my favorite so far, I think, is Pinata Bishop. Yeah. 
That's a funny shirt, man. Like, it makes me... The design, the look on his face really makes me laugh every time I see that picture. It's so good. You can't say it yet because I haven't released it, but what about the other one from Aliens? Oh, is, that's, that, that is the one that's coming out next? Like, the one you were showing us? The, the... I think so. I think so, yeah. Or I've got another one that's coming up from another film. But I don't want to do it too much of Aliens, do you know what I mean? Otherwise, it, well, I suppose I could. It doesn't really matter, does it? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, man. But yeah, this one's really... Because I, I showed you before, didn't I? It didn't look not like him. And then the second time it did, so... What Adam is referring to is he was doing a design of a character from a film, and he was sort of showing us the, the initial design. It was tricky. I, I mean, I, I understand that... Uh, it takes time, mate. Yeah, it takes yeah, time, yeah. I like to get thong... Th- thongs? I like to get thongs done. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get thongs on really quickly. You know, I yeah, like to get things course. done really quickly. And like, and I rush things, it kind of fucks up. So I think, no, go back, take your time. And that was uh, that was the product. So, so yeah. See, I I work the same way, and it frustrates me because I'm not very good at taking a long time to plan things. Like for me, I just have to do stuff. Mm. But I find when I do, I make a lot of mistakes, and then I should learn from them. But it's this weird thing where I just can't sit and plan. Like I just have to. Okay, like if I'm going to do this project, whether it comes to building costume or the set mm-hmm. for the Beyond Synth show, I basically keep. I've so far rebuilt this set like three times because I keep trying new techniques and trying to make it yeah. better and then every time I create a new problem and I fuck it up and then I have to go back and fix it and then you kind of go actually my original design was probably a lot better than what I'm doing now and yeah then, like, like, fucking hell yeah because for, it's like, it's like, isn't it like that dude out of um, what's that game called is it Fez yeah uh, where the world rotates that one yeah and he spent like how many years doing it and then when he finished it he actually had to go back to the beginning because the the early levels were shit compared to what they'd done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that documentary. That that dude went nuts, I think, didn't he? Yeah, and I think he's still going nuts. I think he's given up on it now. Yeah, I think there's a certain temperament. I mean, I feel bad for them, I guess, because you have to be a certain type of person to be like a video game programmer. Uh, and then I, I don't, I don't think that gels with also being in the public eye and being like openly criticized and stuff if you're like an introvert and intense kind of nerdy person and then you're also the face of your game i, th- I think that's like a difficult place to be for people mm-hmm. yeah that's why it's good to have a buffer you know when you're like those big huge companies they just hide the nerds away and then they get like their spokesperson to come out and be like this next generation of call of duty we're gonna have 16 cell shading teraflop matrices and you know never once you referring the glaze to... over the eyes and yeah. the paws oozing like yeah. nervous sweat yeah like oh i don't know what the fuck's going on but like that call of duty game looks absolutely shite it's just a rip-off they've like used bayonet charges they've used flamethrowers it's mm. like mate come on you know what I mean it's just ridiculous yeah it does seem very close to Battlefield and the graphics look so bad like in, in the multiplayer when I was watching it at E3 it just looks so blocky and shit like it was like it's World really War, weird World because War graphics. when Modern Warfare came out that game looked great like mm. I remember being like wow like being blown away by, by the next gen graphics of it Yeah. and then since then it's weird it's like the graphics just haven't changed in the past yeah. like Call of Duty games it's 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 interesting it's, it's kind of like probably what you know like you're saying you're going along with it and going along with it and thinking actually what the fuck are we doing it's yeah. like they don't know they're in, the, they're in a bit of a lull whereas Battlefield's just gone from strength to strength and, it, and I think I'm still playing that forever and Tekken 7. Tekken 7's a really good one, actually. Mate, I, like you said, we, have you got it? No, we got to uh, listen to a song, but we'll, we'll keep talking about this. Oh, right, I'll you going to this is uh, this is a cool one. This is uh, this is oh, called the, the, the fucking songs. <laughs> 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 
This is The Dawn of Man featuring Perfect Science by Vampire Stepdad. Twat. That was Vampire Stepdad with the track The Dawn of Man featuring Perfect Science. And I'm here today with Adam McNabb. We're meant to be talking about PlayStation 1 games. We are now talking about E3 2017. 
<laughs> hey, the Hunter looked good, didn't it, on the PC? I'll tell you what I thought looked good, because I didn't actually watch a lot of the E3 stuff. I felt that this year, and I don't know why I felt this way, but when I talked to other people, everyone else seemed to have the same thought, that it was kind of a boring year, but I almost yeah, I almost felt that going into E3. Like, there's been previous years where I watch the press conferences, and I'm sort of interested to see what's coming out, Yeah, and for some reason, this year was like, I had no interest in even watching anything, and then... E3 turned out to be just as boring as I thought it was going to be, and I don't know why I thought it was going to be boring. I think, because uh, I was away, I was in Italy, so I missed the whole weekend of that E3 thing, so when I came back, I was just watching highlights, and yeah, there's like certain things, you know, like, there were certain games, like the last night was, Xbox was just shambles, wasn't it, an absolute shambles. Oh, that last night game looks cool, though. Yeah, that, yeah, that's great, but that was the only thing going for it, but I, I reckon it's coming out for all platforms, right? Or is it just a, an Xbox exclusive? It's PC and Xbox, but I mean, c- oh, come mate, on. they're going to they're branch out because oh, yeah. you know no one buys Xbox anymore. And uh, what else was there? I was I was surprised by nothing. Put it that way. Like I'm most excited for Mario. Yeah, which I knew would be good anyways. So I I don't need to see gameplay videos of like hmm. Mario. Like I know it's going to be a fun game. But that Mario and Rab, what is it called? Rabbids or something? Rabbids, whatever they're called. Yeah, Rabies. yeah, yeah. Rabbids. Yeah, yeah. It's a stupid idea. And then, um, but the one thing I was excited about was is it called the Hunter? Where, but I didn't quite grasped the whole thing I just watched bits and bats of it but it just looked like um, witchcraft sort of thing where you're going to search for where so and so's lair is and you got to find clues and stuff that looked pretty cool yeah I, I, I didn't uh, I haven't even heard of that game man have a little look um, but yeah it's just it just the what's it God of War that looked cool but we've already seen bits of that well everything in the, the Sony press conference was all just like 2018 I'm like then what is the point of this press conference like I looked yeah. I looked at the release schedule I mean the fall in the fall like the game I think I'm the most excited for for PlayStation is like the sequel to that uh, Lord of the Rings game oh I'll tell you what though mate South Park's going to be cool. Yeah, no, that'll be funny. Oh, what was the other one? And Star uh, Wars and Battlefront too. Those are like the big games that. Yeah, and what's the other one? The what's it called? The Android one, Quantum Breaker. Doing you mean that Detroit one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. Like you couldn't even tell from like the like the games are like that now anyway. But like you know when the sequence from the cinema 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 tug fucking Kevin talk from like <laughs> cutscenes to the gameplay. Yeah, it was just like seamless you couldn't tell and the guy who were playing it were like oh fuck I thought it was a glitch because no mate you gotta go for it so yeah that looked wicked as well yeah I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like I saw a lot of things that look cool I mean like Spider-Man looks cool and oh yeah sorry Spider-Man yeah that looked great but at the same time it's like well, I'm not gonna get excited about games that are coming out in 2018 um, Nintendo announced Metroid people got excited again they just showed the word Metroid in the number four, so that's not coming out for at least two years. Mm. At least two years, if they didn't even show a picture, you know. So, I- I've never even seen a trailer like that before that just is just a logo and just says, now in development, like at the bottom of the screen. It's like, oh, oh wow, right. like, is that, you mean today? You mean today? Like, you guys started working <laughs> on it? The animation for that intro was so cheap. It just looked like the fucking JPEG or like the PNG box art from Metroid Prime and then a number four and it just sort of like slid sideways like they didn't even make the words come in cool or anything. But I mean it's still... I like the Switch. I think the Switch is cool so I'm looking forward to a Metroid game but since I won't be playing it until 2019 it's hard for me to get that excited about so it. So get, are you getting into the Switch now? Are you liking it? Yeah, I think the Switch is good. I, I said this to somebody else 
but it's true and it's i think it's a good gauge of of the system is on the previous nintendo systems right of the wii and the wii u if a game came out on the playstation or the wii i would get the playstation one even if it looked the same it was like an indie game or something i would just get the playstation one there was no question but now this is the first time where i actually like make the decision and 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 i think about it and i go i mean maybe it'd be cool to have that game portable like uh, last week i was talking to marco about the remake of wonder boy 3 the dragon's trap and i got it on the switch instead of getting it on the ps4 because I just like the idea of having it portable and being able to take it around with me. Yeah. And that's the first time that's happened. So obviously, a game that's really, you know, that's all about the graphics, uh, that's all about, like, high-end processing power, I'm still going to get on the PlayStation. But if it's, like, an indie kind of game or, like, a smaller title or, you know, like a cartoony multiplayer-type title, I'll probably get it on the Switch instead. Uh, just the, the ability to take it portable and do stuff like that, so... Nice one. Yeah. I think I think it's a cool system. I do. Good for you. Yeah. Right, so... PlayStation 1. Well, actually, we should listen to a track first. I thought so. <laughs> was there anything else, though, from E3 that you... Uh, it wasn't really an exciting one. Like, was there anything that was, nah. like, surprising or exciting other than the nonsense of the Xbox calling their new system the Xbox One X? Is that is it basically all, the only thing that has changed on it? Is it it's just 4K? It's so confusing because it's like they've got the, they've got the S which is the slim version of the Xbox One, and then the X is essentially... At first, they kept on talking about it like it was going to be a new console, and now they're branding it the same way that the PlayStation 4 has the PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm. I mean, it is going to be a more powerful system, but they're branding it as if it's just an extension of the Xbox One, and it seems really confusing, and like I don't see why anyone would buy one, because like, what game are you going to play? Like you said, it just didn't seem as exciting as the previous... E3s that I've listened to or watched and stuff normally like when like I say when I came back from holiday I was like okay let me just have a look at them and I was just watching there was only a few videos there wasn't a lot out there at all mm-hmm. for the sake of that E3s meant to be the biggest like convention in the world and it's just it was really disappointing so yeah it's just it was just a bit underwhelming wasn't it yeah anyway what's this next track you got Andy well we're gonna listen to a track by Tokyo Rose and this is a track called Death Race
And that was Death Race by Tokyo Rose. And I'm here with Adam McNabb from Lucaset. Let's get into it. Have you got any songs with um, singing in it? The past ones have not had singing. Uh, do I have any? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I know. Um, let's see here. I have some vocal track. I've, oh, no, I think only one vocal track coming up. It's a track by Ghost. Uh, that's later on in the playlist. Okay. With uh, featuring some lady called Crystal Ann. Lovely. Anyways, listen, let's talk about the PlayStation 1. I never owned a PlayStation 1. I traded my N64 with a buddy for, you know, a little while, where and that's when I first played uh, Metal Gear and some stuff. But um, I that whole generation, I just had an N64, and I pretty much had an N64, like I had Nintendo systems up until the PlayStation 3. Aye. That was the first PlayStation system I got. But I still played a lot of PlayStation at other people's houses, and of course, like when I would like trade systems with people, I'd... Uh, I dive into some of the single-player games and stuff like that. So that was my experience uh, with the PlayStation 1. We didn't buy one straight off the bat when it first came out. Uh, we just had the SNES. And then I used to, like I say, I used to go down to my mate's house and play the track and field. You know, we used to get an handkerchief and button bash the fuck out of it. 100-meter <laughs> uh, sprint. Uh, and then what else was there? Because, uh, yeah, my mate had Resident Evil, and I was... I was, I've always been the type of Resident Evil where I like watching people play it. I don't like personally playing it because I panic a bit. I can remember getting this first PlayStation, but we used to play the demos all the time. So, like, Wipeout, Tekken. I don't know if you ever saw the demo disc. I'm trying to think what else was on Oh, there. yeah. I mean, that was um, back in the day with, like, Blockbuster Video and stuff, mm. where there'd be, like, PlayStation Magazine, and it would have, like, the CD in the back. Yeah. With, like, the five games, and there was, like, the demo. I, I recall there being, like, a dinosaur demo of some kind. Yeah. No, that, that was, yeah, you had the whale and the dinosaur where you could actually it was like a, a tv thing we could go in and watch and go from like any angle you know like you can watch and pan around it and stuff which was pretty cool and then my other mate had one and we used to just go to his and play tomb raider that was the and crash bandicoot that was the only time and then when, like you say when we got ours i'm trying to think what we had we had i'm sure it was like a, a, a soccer game a football game but it was really it might have called this is football i need to have a little look actually to see what it was um but it was like really like shit but good. <laughs> I told you in advance, although we planned this like months ago, but like to pick five games. Um, it doesn't have to be in any order, but uh, what is what was one of your sort of like top PlayStation 1 games? Final Fantasy 7. So why did you like Final Fantasy 7, man? You're the only one I've because ever heard who likes that game. Really? No. <laughs> it's like... It's like next to Ocarina of Time as being like everyone's like favorite game of all time. It just seems to go on forever, mate. And uh, it was just like, it felt like, like I say, an open world, you know, when you finally, you see, felt a bit restricted at first. Now, that was the first time I've ever played, like, an RPG game. Mm -hmm. uh, I never played Zelda when I was a kid because I thought it was boring. It, it looked boring, even though my mates played it and loved it on the SNES. Mm. But um, it my first ever game where I thought, wow, I'm actually building this character and, like, you know, you, you, you can you go with the story and you feel like you're part of it and stuff and... And then when you've got your chocobos and you could do like bets and shit, it was ace. And you, I loved the casino place with the Wonderland where you could go to. And I just thought it was graphically stunning. And like, you know when you had to like change the chuffing discs for crying out loud, yeah. even, <laughs> even though they were like probably like forty-five megabytes on the fucking disc. Yeah. And it was just like, it's, it, I just thought it was class. And you had to go back to disc two to do this bit and then put disc four in. It just felt like chapters. It just felt like a, yeah, like a gaming bible. And it just seemed to go. I can remember one summer when we were off we broke up for school and I just laid into it and just 
I think I finished it a week before I went back to school again, and it just it, just, it was epic. I think I remember the last boss, and it was just epic. It just seemed to go on forever and ever. It was like in Final Fantasy 15, where you have to fight. I don't know if you've played 15, have you? No. You have to fight huge. Are you going to play it? Um, no. You have to fight huge. Like you have to go on these hunts to, and then the one of them's like this massive mountain turtle. It took me, it took me like hours to get. I think it took me like three hours to kill him. <laughs> um, but my mate, I asked me, mate, I said, I said to John, I said, like, oh mate, Alan, it took you goes about twenty minutes. I'm like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> well, how did you, you know, like power up yourself? And what did, you, what did I do wrong? So mm. I kind of seemed to think, you know, when I was a kid, like, oh yeah, I was, I'm doing really well here, three hour battle, and like, you know, you, it just it seems like I'm just going the wrong way about it. But to me, it was just an epic story, and I just loved it. Yeah. So. Final Fantasy was one of those games where I resented a bit the argument because people would use that game as the idea of why the PlayStation was like better than the N64. And I'm, I've never been a um, console snob. Like, I just like games, right? So I'll play good games on any system. Yeah. But I always I always annoyed me because everyone would always be like, oh, check out those graphics whenever like the, the ad for Final Fantasy was on TV. Yeah. But they were always talking about the cutscenes, mm. like the movie scenes. And like, and it always bugged me because I'm like, that's not what the fucking game looks like. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly. the fucking movie scene. Because I still had sort of an issue with uh, I mean even though like there were some great games on the PlayStation 1 the 3D of the PlayStation 1 did have this weird jitteriness to it whereas like the N64 felt a little bit blockier but at the same time a little bit more stable mm-hmm. and more colorful you know what I mean like when games on the N64 they just seemed more solid or something like they weren't like vibrating and shaking all over the place yeah but then you had to do you did have to blow your cartridge if something went wrong <laughs> Is that what we call it? You gotta blow your cartridge. You gotta blow that cartridge good, buddy. <laughs> so, is it just me talking about my top five? Or is it you as well, or? Well, I'll you know I'll, I'll hop in when I want. I mean, I've got a top five as well. We can we can get to. But yes, of course, Final Fantasy. That's a good place to start. I I didn't actually play through that whole game. I I think I played the first disc, but it was later. It was like when someone had their PlayStation, and and I figured like maybe I should play this game because everyone loves it so much. And I enjoyed it for what I played, but I it, it didn't compel me enough to finish. But it, mm. I also wasn't playing it at the time that it was like. At the time, you know, it's like there's games sometimes that are great and people love them, but they're definitely like of their time. And it's like, I didn't play Bioshock when everyone else played Bioshock. So it doesn't hold the same place for me that it holds for other people who played it at the time. Yeah. And I don't hold that against it because I totally understand that there's some, I mean, obviously if like Ocarina of Time came out now, it might be seen as sort of a disappointing game because it had these blocky graphics and, you know, weird control and stuff. But if you played it at the time, it was the most amazing thing. And so I, I, I appreciate oh, yeah. that that is what Final Fantasy VII is for a lot of people. Like, their entry into... At that time, yeah, yeah, shit now. But, um, <laughs> uh, no, it's great. No, it's like Labyrinth, isn't it? You, go, you think Labyrinth was an ace film and you go back to watch it and you're like, what the fuck was... Oh, was that, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But, like, <laughs> are we going to the next one? Yeah, well, let's um, let's listen to a track, and then we'll we'll fucking go down uh, go down the list, man. Uh, this is a track by Masters of the Radio from the album The Power Beyond. This is the Drive.
And that was The Drive by Masters of the Radio, which I think is a dude and a bunch of other dudes in ski masks. That is the album The Power Beyond. And I'm here today with Adam McNabb from Lucaset. We're talking about our favorite PlayStation uh, 1 games today. Mm-hmm. You just talked about Final Fantasy 7, so I'm going to throw, I'm going to mention this. Because since I didn't own a system, my list is going to be more about games that just had an effect on me for one way or another. And some of them are going to be kind of simple and silly games. Yeah. And one of them was Parappa the Rapper. Okay, I never played that one. Because the stupid rap is like still in my head to this day. It's in everyone's head, like the fucking kick punch, it's all in the mind. It was like (laughs) the first sort of rhythm game I ever saw, you know, being used to playing games on cartridges like Super Nintendo and N64, um, there wasn't often an opportunity to play games that had just full on like music with lyrics and and that whole like rhythm game aspect to it and just the fact that the raps were so catchy and cheesy and stuff like that and so that that's always a game that I will remember like going to someone's house and getting stoned and it's like oh they're playing Prapper the Rapper and just like that fucking kick punch all in the mind and then the sequel where it's got the first level where they're like making a burger and it's like get yeah. the lettuce <laughs> <laughs> wonder, wonder, it's like I, I don't even remember that one. I don't remember, but I just remember it had something to do with you got to poop up the lettuce, uh, something the bread or whatever. And then I, I think <laughs> were they making spaghetti? What the fuck? Anyways, Prapper the rapper. That's that's my one of mine. Is that is that is that the technique you use for your everyday life now? Yeah, it is. Kick punch. It's all in the mind and and. <laughs> Something, something, the lettuce. When you're having sex and you need to try and hold it in and you don't come too quickly. You're like, <laughs> that no, that's never my concern. My concern <laughs> is how quickly I can so I can go to bed. <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> so, yeah, I never played it, mate. I never played it. So it's something, I, so it's one game I did want to play when I was a kid. It looked colourful and everything and it looked really cool. But it's just something that I never got around to getting or playing, really. It definitely feels like a demo. Like, it's one of those, the equivalent now is like, you know, whenever Nintendo, you know, they, they release their systems and they have, like, novelty control styles and so they'll release, like, a, a collection of games but they're all basically, like, games you master in about, like, 20 minutes and you don't have to play it again. I think Prap of the Rap of the first one, it's like, once you know what to do, I think you can beat that game in, like, 20 minutes or something. Like, I don't think it's, like, a very large game. But it's just one that always sort of stood out to me and it was very different different and new and again the whole, the whole rhythm aspect and stuff I mean, which later you know became super popular with those guitar hero games and those dance dance games and all that shit but it, I mean it's not a game that's necessarily aged very well because I, I recall playing the HD remake of it on uh, PS4 yeah even though those those uh, guitar hero games were like pretty similar they did get sort of advanced and you're using guitars and you know there is something they required a lot of strategy and stuff and Prop of the Rap is very very basic in terms of because it's like the it was the first rhythm game I ever played but it's so simple it's like so the whole game is just you sitting there like pressing triangle when you see a triangle coming up and games like that don't age very well no uh bye <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful addition <laughs> oh, that's mate. a great that's the fucking best thing you can do if you <laughs> when, the next time I have nothing to say to somebody just like a long pause and bye <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're done with that one now sure name me something from your list Destruction Derby. Oh, I never played that. Tell me about it. Didn't you? Mate, it was brilliant. 
They used to have a little arena and used to like just basically try and be the last person to survive, basically. And I used to reverse so I didn't blow my radiator because otherwise you'd have the, the the commentator for me was so funny. He'd be like, "You're blowing your radiator," and he'd say all these like weird stuff from. And he'd go, whoa, or something like that. It'd be quite funny. But that one was a good one. And I can remember once I was having a race around this track and I'd go backwards, yeah? So I was going the wrong way, driving, reversing backwards and try and take out all the cars so that they couldn't complete the laps. Uh, so when I did do that, I did manage it once or twice. I had to then drive back all the way around. I was like, I didn't even reach, I think... I'd gone back on myself like three or four laps before I went forward and it started like the laps started going forward if you know what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah they brilliant and then Destruction Derby 2 was a good one because I think that was where there's that a massive ramp in the arena this time and you'd meet in the middle and like it was one big heap of like metal just like crumbling it'd be so cool I'm quite surprised you didn't play that but it was so funny the commentator would be like roadkill and stuff I- I'll have to find it you'll have to you might have to get it. I'll throw in a sample. Uh, I think it's about paintwork. Go easy on the paintwork or something. Um, I'm trying to think what else he said. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Total destruction! Well, let's listen to another song, man. We'll, we'll fucking keep going with this. This is a track by Stealth Mode. And this is Activate.
And that was Activate by Stealth Mode. And I'm here with Adam McNabb from Lucaset and Piccolo Joe. And uh, we're talking today about our favorite uh, PlayStation 1 games. You know what, actually? And I've, uh, I've been meaning to say this to you because I'm not sure if you're aware of it. I don't know if you agree with this, but to me, a t-shirt is... I'm going to say the staple of any man or woman's wardrobe, but I'm, I've always been looking for a company that, you know, that treats a t-shirt as more than just a shirt, you know, like where their aim is to create vibrant and, you know, eye popping designs that are bound to get people talking. Like, do you know anything like that or any company like that? <laughs> You're a fucking wanker. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to find a decent fucking podcast show to do a, to a talk with as well, but... Uh... Can you think of any? Yeah, well, I can't think of any either. <laughs> We're fucked out. We're fucked. <laughs> I can't help you. You can't help me. Oh, dear. This um, is terrible. Well, another one of my favorite PlayStation 1 games was Twisted Metal. Oh, yes. Now, I actually preferred the first one yeah. to the second one. Although a lot of people, they'll usually cite Twisted Metal 2 as being their favorite. Because I'm very particular about a game's tone and the mood and the music. Twisted Metal went in a sort of like this metal direction where like the soundtrack was all like kind of like screeching guitars and stuff. Yeah. But in the first game, several of the of the the maps that you'd fight on had like just cinematic music. So my favorite level was the rooftops and my favorite character was Mr. Grimm because he's a motorcycle guy who's a skeleton underneath, which I always I always love any character that's a skeleton and he was the weakest. Mr. Grimm was the weakest, but he had the most powerful special move, so like if you could get right in position like your special move would do huge damage but of course if like that big Mack truck guy hits you like you'd be dead in like one hit Mm. but I loved how epic the rooftop battle music was and it just set the tone for like these wicked matches like we almost always just played that map specifically when we were playing Twisted Metal and it was such a cool I just loved the vibe of that whole thing and then when Twisted Metal 2 came out everyone liked that game more but I I didn't like the the vibe of it. It was more, and then they got more and more metal as they went on, and 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 I think at one point like Rob Zombie was like a character in one or something, and then it was I could be wrong about that. That might might just made that up. So yeah, that's my that's my answer. I loved I loved Twisted Metal one, and as far as car combat is concerned, like that was new. You know, before that it was just Mario Kart playing battle mode. So this was cool that you were actually playing in real vehicles and shooting rockets and yeah, I thought I thought it was brilliant and homing missiles and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mate, that that game was epic. Because I think that was the next game I got after Destruction Derby. So yeah, I was a fun on that one. But what did you think to the PlayStation 3 one? Did you ever play it? Was that the one with the weird controls? Yeah. Mate, there was controls for... Oh, mate, it was so complicated. It felt really complicated. But. It seemed stupid. I'll say this. I played... I mean, my favorite is still the first one. Yeah. And even though they came up with other sequels, they did a thing that I don't often like franchises to do when they'll change the backstory of the characters. And so every game would come out, Mr. Grimm and all the characters would have a different story. So remember, there was also Twisted Metal Black for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Yeah. And and they sort of reinvented every character in sort of like a serial killer vibe. Like it was darker and all everyone's backstory was really sort of dark and morbid like it all involved like weird murders and stuff whereas the first one felt more fantastic yeah it was it was like a mixture of like 
Mario Kart with a bit of the old um, micro machines and just just all out carnage, wasn't it? It's almost the, re- the same reason why I like sort of Mortal Kombat is like the first Twisted Metal. It it had a magical element to it, but it was still sort of like grounded in reality. And there was just a few characters who kind of either were like possessed by demons or whatever. Like there was like a demonic aspect to like some of the characters, but that was as far as it went. And then in Twisted Metal Black. It was all, it was kind of like serial killery, and Mr. Grimm was like a Vietnam War vet who just wore like a skull helmet, like he wasn't, he was no longer like a skeleton back from the dead character. And then Twisted Metal, the one for PlayStation 3, I only played it recently, because I remember people complaining about the controls, and I was like, ah, fuck it then. So I played it when I had a subscription to PlayStation Now for a little while, and um, wow, that game's controls were fucking stupid. Like, I just, I played it for two seconds, and I was like... Why would anyone go to all this trouble of making a game and make this be the control style? And I tried an alternate one, because they had like a few alternate control styles, and I just didn't get it. It didn't make any fucking sense to me. You drive and you shoot rockets. Why do I need like 14 buttons? It made no fucking sense. Yeah. I hated it. Like, I hated that control style. Yeah, I I didn't last long with it either. I think I spent about a couple of hours playing time on it, and I was like, I just could not get into it. I went online. And those guys just killing me left, right, and center. Now we're still trying to fathom where well to go forward and how yeah. to shoot. Like, so, you know, <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't I couldn't go on with that. But yeah, mate, that would, that was in my list as well. It was uh, Twisted Metal. Who was your favorite character? Uh, God, the clown, <laughs> <laughs> Scorpion. What what was the Sub Zero? <laughs> What is the fucking clowns? I always remember Mr. Grimm because Mr. Grimm was my favorite character, but Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, that's it. Yeah, I, I used to play it. I never used to go into it and like learn the characters and shit. I used to just go in and just do it. It's one of those games where you just get into it and just do it, don't you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, hold on a minute. Uh, yeah, it's Sweet Tooth. Oh, <laughs> was that you doing some uh, research? Yeah, that was me pretending, pretending to use my keyboard, but I was just using my mouth. You're a talented guy, man. What are you doing wasting your talents on making music? I know, mate. I know I should be doing, like, special effects for Mac or something, couldn't I? Oh, yeah, man. Might as well. I, w- I need a new startup chime. I need a new uh, default beep. It's it's annoying me now. Uh, yeah, couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's listen. Speaking of cars, let's. Uh, we're going to listen to a track here by a dude called Testarossa. And this is a track called Purple Pelican.
And that was Purple Pelican by Testarossa. <laughs> and I am here. Are you laughing at the word pelican? <laughs> Purple Pelican. It sounds like a... Euphemism? A some, some fat guy's penis. It does kind of sound like that. Sorry, buddy. It does. Anyways, uh, this is... <laughs> that was a good song. And I'm here with... Uh, it was a good Cap. song. It was a good song. It's just the way you said Purple Pelican. Yeah, I know, I know. I did. It's the alliteration. The Purple Pelican. Fly Pelican, and I'm here with Adam McNabb from Lucasai. Sound like Talents and Philip. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, we're talking about our favorite uh, PlayStation 1 games, man. So what's another one from your list? Driver. Ooh, see, I never played Driver. I liked a lot of driving games when I was on the PlayStation 1. Yeah. It was a lot of driving games, and I played a lot of Ridge Racer. I played a lot of um, Porsche Challenge. That was a good one. Driver, Destruction Derby, Gran Turismo... Gran Turismo was epic. Gran Turismo was another one on my list, but not so much because I- I'm not really big into driving games. Uh, Gran Turismo was one of those moments in game graphics. Yes. Yeah, you thought it was, like, like realistic as hell, didn't you? And it's amazing, too. When you go back and look at it now, it's very pixelated. Oh, but it's disgusting. You, like, at the time, I remember, like, wow, it, it like this game looks so good. It, all, it's like, it looks real. And then, of course, it looks garbage. But like, Well, the, what about the Ridge Racer R-Type? Was it Type R? I think it was Type R. Where you where you, you, you could turn on some sort of light when you especially when you raced at night and you turned on this special mode and you'd see the light, you know, like your your rear view lights mm-hmm. um, would do all this weird, you know, like it would leave like a trail. When that came out, when um, Ridge Racer, I think it was them shit was R type. Or was it Type R? I think it was Type R. Mm. Shit was Type R. Yeah, them graphics was mind blowing as well. But yeah, I can remember playing Ridge Racer a lot. But Driver was was quality. Doing certain objectives and like just being like kind of like nineteen seventies part of the mafia. You driving for people and doing certain objectives and doing car chases. It was just it was it was crazy good. We think about graphics, the importance of graphics in games, and, you know, Nintendo's philosophy is always that, you know, it's all about the fun and stuff, which is true. But it's it's funny when I think back to some games when they pushed certain graphical, uh, they pushed forward certain things, and you remember specifically that one effect that made you go like, whoa, like, I remember like Mario 64, besides Mario 64 being 3D and awesome. Um, you know, just those weird rippling wave effects of like the liquid metal that you jumped oh, into, or the yeah. way. you know, it's like simple things like that. And, and like you're saying with the uh, with Ridge Racer, with just like the light streaks and stuff. You know, it's just like these effects that just the first time you that, see them. Yeah, yeah, I think that was coming to the end of the cycle though of the PlayStation. You know, like it always does when you mm-hmm. go to the end of the generation and like like for PS3 it was like The Last of Us. That sort of like them graphics were amazing. You know? Yeah, and yeah. Like, um, but I think yeah. I, and just, I think Driver was the first time where you could actually save videos and like turn them into cinematics. I'm sure that was the case where you could like save certain things and start and stop and then change the angles and stuff. I've never played a Driver game. The first one was great. I don't know what I think now. I think the latest one, because I think there was one on Ubisoft, they've got it now, aren't there? I'm sure Ubisoft, where you can actually get out the car. Mm. So kind of like a GTA thing. But um, yeah, the original one where you had to lose the cops, go down alleyways and like do crazy stunts and stuff like that. Yeah, it was great. Just felt like Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, I think it's tough for those sorts of games now when Grand Theft Auto is so good. Oh yeah, mate. They've, they, they've raised the bar for everything. It's like any any open world now, you just compare it to GTA. Yeah, and any game that it's it's almost, it like forces other companies to either do weird, unique stuff with their graphics or... Or keep their game very focused on one thing. Because it's like, you just can't... 
you can't top GTA for just the amount of freedom and the the amount of things that they do. So when you have a game that's like kind of like GTA, except like ah, you, you do missions in a car, but you can get it the second you can get out of the car, it's going to be compared to GTA, and it will not be as good. That's the one thing that pisses me off is whatever happened to that game Agent that disappeared because like I was under the impression. You know, like they said at Rockstar, they were making that game Agent, and it sounded like it was going to be like GTA, but like set in the 70s and be like a spy game. Oh, no, I thought it was Orient, or the Oriental something, wasn't it? The Oriental Horror or something, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but they sat, scrapped the name. It was, it was, hang on, let me have a look, let me have a look, let me have a look. <laughs> the wait, Oriental Horror? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Oriental <laughs> yeah, yeah, type that into Google and see what you get. Oriental. The Oriental... There, 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 there you go, dickhead. Whore of the Orient. <laughs> Whore of the Orient is a cancelled action-adventure video game for Microsoft Windows, PS4, Xbox One, thought to be being developed by former developers Team Bondi at Kennedy Miller Mitchell. Um, it was set in, like, the 1940s. It looked really cool. It was like, kind of like L.A. Noir. No, this is a different game. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I was, I was talking about that one. Uh, okay, this is not Oriental Horror. This is uh, <laughs> Agent. I mean, it even says in the Wikipedia, it's an upcoming stealth action video game developed by Rockstar North and published by Rockstar Games. In July 2007, Sony announced that Rockstar Games was working on a new exclusive game for the PlayStation 3, but details of the project, including its title, were not announced until June 2009, and that's when they showed the logo, and it's just the word Agent, but like the oh, G has yeah. like a gun in it. And they, yeah, they were saying that it was going to be like, yeah, like a, a retro-style uh, spy game. And I was just like, oh, that would be so fucking cool, like with the Grand Theft Auto engine, but like Bloody playing as a spy. Right. Dude, that'd be so fucking good. It was announced eight years ago. Yeah, so it's it's not coming. Unless they do like a last, The Last Guardian, Malarkey, you never know, but... But mate, they've got two. They've got too many things to think about. They've got the bloody, you know, Red Dead Two coming out. Yeah, that's gonna be so fucking good. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get that. But La Noire, I thought was epic, but just you couldn't do a lot. If they'd made that more GTA style, where you could be good cop, bad cop, that would have been class. That would have been a, a ball clincher. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one game I might like revisit at some point or visit at some point because th- I've only played it for like a few minutes. I love that style anyway. I love that La Noire sort of. You know the music and this, you know this, that sort of. It's just basically Blade Runner, but it's just set in the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or twenties, even whatever it was. I don't give a fuck. Um, hey, listen, let's listen to another track, man. This is Ghost. Uh, this is from his album Non Paradisi. This is Arise, featuring Crystal Ann.
And that was Ghost with the track Arise featuring Crystal Ann. There's two eyes in Crystal. It's like a we. Maybe it's Crystal. Crystal. Who knows, man? Resident Evil 2. Yeah, buddy. I'll tell you what I loved about Resident Evil 2. Yeah? Now, this was one that I played... Actually, I also played it on the N64 as well. It it was a really heavy cartridge, because they really tried to fit everything into the N64 version. Aye. And the cartridge itself was, like, heavier than other cartridges, because I think they just had to pack more fucking circuits into it. Yeah, that 73 megabytes made all the difference, you know? Yeah, but I love... Uh, I mean, at the time, I remember it was a big deal, and it was a scary game, but of course, everyone always makes fun of the voice acting, which I think is fair. And I love how in old games, when there was voice acting, there was almost like a pause. There was always a pause between each line of audio, so it's so unnatural. Like, now they're so good at doing cinematic scenes and, uh, you know, dialogue and stuff like that. And I loved, like, in the PlayStation era when... Everybody talks. There's always like a pause between every line. Resident Evil 1 was bad for that. Yeah. You must get the key. What's wrong? There's zombies outside. <laughs> well, I'll get help. And like, it's just the whole game is like that. Like, no one ever talks over each other or like talks really close to each other. But that game was, uh, I love that. And I still think the save room music is, I think, some of the best video game music. I love the music and the save the save room in Resident Evil. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 was the only game that I actually, in that time, like Resident Evil 1 I never played because I thought it was just too, I couldn't do it. Resident mm. Evil 2, I, I, I got right into it because you had the demo disc, right? And you had about 15 minutes to see how far you could get. Mm-hmm. So in that time, because I had the demo, I got into it that way. So I'd like try and time myself. And the first like go I had to go, I, I died, whatever. First 10 goes, I died. I didn't even finish the as far as I could and then it got to the point where I got to the police station and I met the guy who was dying the black guy who was dying on the floor mm. and they turned into a zombie and then yeah I think that demo helped me get into Resident Evil then I got to the point where I, I think it was the the nemesis dude that the actual big boss I think I got to one of him like, the first time you meet him and the 15 minutes like did it, you do it that quick it took me like 10 years to do it mate I've only just I've only just managed to complete that section yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the demo now so so no I'm only joking but yeah no, so you that, were you were compelled then to see the rest of the game right because you knew the first 15 minutes so well yeah exactly so when I got it you got used to the mechanics and like you know the gameplay and uh, you know the controls and stuff and you kind of go from there but yeah it was such a good game mate no I, I, yeah, yeah. Part two, I, I concur. Yeah, part two seemed more accessible. I think like part one was okay, but I remember I, I even though part two kind of has the same controls, there was something a little bit better about the controls in part two. But I, mm-hmm. uh, but because part one, I never got used to the whole pushing up is forward all the time. Uh, so you know, like when you're at the bottom of the screen looking down, you would still push up to move down. Like it, it was really confusing. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I was just looking at something then, mate. Sorry, and the and and the boss at the end was epic as well. Although it was, seemed a bit too easy, but I think that's the first game I ever played that had a jump scare that actually like scared me, like it, like as if I was watching a horror film. Like I, I think it was in the mm. um, uh, the police station. There's a part where you're in like the interrogation room and with the mirrored glass, and then you go in like the second one, and then like a fucking weird monster hound thing like goes like leaping through the glass at you. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, like yeah. that that loud like smashing glass sound, and I just remember like uh, 
that that got me and i was like oh wow like that was exciting like there's an actual fucking jump scare in a game yeah the playstation one era really like ushered in the whole like using the same tricks that like cinema would use and that was one of them and i remember that really impressed me and got me into the game just going knowing that a game could have that kind of effect on me because they hadn't up until that point did you ever play the silent hill no i never played through a silent hill game no i mean i'm aware of them and i've seen some of it and i know people love them like yeah, I prefer. Uh, see, I don't know. Them t- Silent Hill Two, I think, did it for me on that. But I don't. I don't think that was a PlayStation One thing, though. I think that was PlayStation Two. Triangle Head. That's all I know about Silent Hill or Pyramid yeah, Silent, Head. Yeah, Silent Hill Two. Yeah, came out on the PS Two. But um, Silent Hill, like I thought, it was like more of a, a mind fuck than like scares. I mean, there were scares in it, but like I think that was more. Because you, you you just you know what to expect with Resident Evil Two. You just saw zombies and dogs, and that's it. You know you'd see that the, the different boss, but um, but with Silent Hill, there was all sorts of creepy shit going on and stuff. It was just awful. But uh, but yeah yeah yeah. Well, how about this? I got one more game on my list. Uh, So let's listen to another track, and then we'll uh, talk some more, man. So this is... What are we going to listen to? This is a track by Shadows and Mirrors from the album Summerland. This is Sunset Dream. Dreams. uh.
And that was Shadows and Mirrors with the track Sunset Dreams from the album Summerland. And today I am talking to Adam McNabb from Lucaset. We are uh, talking about our favorite PlayStation 1 games. The last one on my list, of course, for me, uh, is Metal Gear. Mm. Which, uh, as I said before, with um, with Resident Evil, you know how, how PlayStation sort of ushered in the, the, the cinema aspect of games. And definitely, when I first played Metal Gear, I was blown away just that it felt like a movie, that I was watching a movie. And I'd never felt that before in a game. And the way that even when you play the opening moments of Metal Gear, when you're sneaking in, uh, crawling around in that underneath the fucking base or whatever, and it's got like the credits showing up at the bottom of the screen, like you're watching uh, yeah. like a TV show, yeah. like it's you know like directed by so and so, and and uh, I just thought that was so cool, and I loved the cinematics in Metal Gear, and to this day, I still think. I really wish they would do an HD remake of the first one because I still think it's my mm. favorite. Even though, you know, when you knew what to do, you could beat it in like two hours when you like skipped all the cutscenes. But I thought the characters were so cool in the first one. I liked all the bosses. I liked every time, you know, you beat the boss and they would tell you some like sad story before they died and uh, like Sniper Wolf and fucking. I loved um, Psycho Mantis. I liked how the games weren't super ridiculous at that point when it came to the supernatural stuff. So, you know, Psychomantis was the most kind of supernaturally of all the bosses, and he kind of just had telekinetic power and floated. Because, like, in the later games, they got way more out there in terms of the bosses' abilities. And, I mean, I think they still tried to explain them in Metal Gear 4 that it was technology. Like, there's that character called Vamp in Part 2 who, like, bullets couldn't hurt him, but then in Part 4 it was just like, he just had a, mag- he just had a fucking magnet vest or something. I That's- never actually played it. I used to watch my brother play it because I used to spend... You know, like, because it's all about tactics and stuff, and, it, and the AI was, like, seemed realistic at the time, like, to the point where you, you did a little move and stuff, they'd, they'd hear it. And, like, it, I thought that was amazing. So I'd spend, me, I'd spend, like, hours just, like, in a box or whatever, just just, just sat there. I, I didn't know what to fucking do. Yeah. My brother, I'd just watch my brother do it. So I never really played all the way through it. But, yeah, he'd be all into that. He'd, he'd know, you know... It'd be able to play it and stuff, and I'd, I'd just watch and because I'd, I'd I'd be stupid. I'd like I'd like I say at the time it's weird, isn't it? I, I used to like be driving and be fighting games, mm. so I never played Metal Gear Four. Metal really Gear Four, I liked. I, I loved the end of Metal Gear Four. It had a really cool, even though all you were doing was mashing one button. It was like at the end of the game, uh, Solid Snake is like crawling through this this vent, and it's like heating up. I think there was like radioactive shit or something. Like he was dying. And you had, all you had to do was crawl, and that, that was like the whole. And it was so dramatic, and all you were doing was just like I forget what button it was X or triangle or square or something, but you just had to keep pressing that button to make him crawl. And it sounds so simple when you explain it, but I just remember being it was such a dramatic moment, like just the him crawling just because he just had to get out of there. I think because the whole time I thought they were going to kill him because the story of Metal Gear gets so convoluted over the course of the four games. Like it's the most complicated thing with twists and turns and what I loved about the first Metal Gear game was it had its science fiction-y fantastic elements but it still felt the most grounded and it's still the simplest of all of the games story-wise and and it had a twist it had this twist where the dude you're talking to the whole time, spoiler, like you think you're talking to your old uh, chief or whatever and then he like pulls off the mask and it turns out it was like the bad guy the whole time and like that was cool and I liked uh, I liked uh, Gray Fox, the cyborg ninja, uh, and his character was wicked. He's the dude who's like, "Hurt me more!" when you're fighting him. <laughs> 
And like he's just like, I've been waiting for this pain. Like that that guy was awesome. And I liked Snake. I thought Snake was an awesome character. I liked his voice. He's kind of funny. I liked that he'd sneak around in boxes. I just thought Metal Gear was just such a cool fucking game. And uh, the sequels never... I never liked them as much as that feeling I got when I played the first Metal Gear. I still think they're good games, but... I don't know, maybe it was just because they got so ridiculous that it, it felt like they didn't even know what the story was. And I felt like there's no way they can make <laughs> sense of this. And the fourth game... <laughs> kind of did like they really tried to tie everything together but it was like so convoluted just like what like big boss and all these fucking clones and everyone's a clone of this and one dude came back to life but he actually just had the hand of the other guy sewed onto him so that the other guy took him over and there's a weird octopus thing and i don't know yeah that's all over my head <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Andy. It was good though. Metal, I, I like Metal Gear. I like it. I like the first one. The first one, I just watched it. It was just—it was like a film, like you said. So I just, I just, I just watched it. So, but yeah, I liked what I saw, and I enjoy the new game plus. I like uh, when you beat the game and then you get like a special outfit or something that like helps. And I, I go back and play the game again, but I'd have like the stealth suit. You know what else it was about Metal Gear? It was the first game I, th- I played that was mature. I get you. Like, really mature, not in a fucking... Not in an amateur way of, like, look, there's fucking blood. Like, it felt like this is a game for adults. Like, you felt like you're part of the SAS or something. Well, no, not, not even... Like, the stealth aspect, I don't even give a shit about. It's like... It just felt like an adult game. Like, just yeah, the, the, fucking the dialogue and the fucking... <laughs> no, Adam, you're wrong. Fuck you. And li- <laughs> listen to what I have to say. Um, yeah, and it just felt mature, and 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 I played it in high school, and I just felt like this is a mature game. <laughs> I feel like a man. Yeah, <laughs> I've matured. Do you have a Do you have another game on your list, or? Um, well, there's a few. Um, well, how about this? Let's listen to a track, and then you can tell me. I just wanted to make sure you had something that you wanted to talk about. Well, not much. Well, whatever. We'll tease it anyway. Well, yeah, it's just what are they call when you uh, special when you say that didn't make it into your list, but you give them. A mention, an honorable mention, honorable mention. Well, let's let's go to uh, uh, Adam's honorable mention after this track by Damon Hatfield. This track is called "Fade Hit Milk." Thank you. 
And that was Fade Hit Milk by Damon uh, off the album Daycare. Fade Hit Hit Milk. Milk. I don't know what it means. Is there commas in between? No. Fade Hit Milk. Have you asked him? No. I'm going to come out with a song called Brown (laughs) Grass Fallopian Tubes. (laughs) I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm only messing. I'm only messing. Chill, chill, chill. I can hear him going, well, fuck you, man. It might be the only uh, track uh, I've ever heard of that has the word fallopian tube in it, but I could be wrong. Well, what rhymes with well, nothing rhymes with fallopian, but a lot of things rhyme with tube. Uh, fallopian, uh, f- f- Filipinian, Philippon. Philippon. <laughs> um, Tekken. What are Adam McNabb's honorable, men- honorable, oh, no, honorable mentions? Okay, um, okay, we've got. Uh, well, I've already said a few answer with the driving ones. Um, we've also got uh, Wipeout, Command and Conquer. Uh, Abe's Odyssey. I feel like I played Abe's Odyssey on Xbox. Probably. Mm. Odd World. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do I get a prize? More funding to make a better show. It's going to take a lot of funding. Crash Bandicoot. But I also played a lot of Tekken. That was my other favorite game. The first of the of the series, Tekken One. Who's your favorite character in Tekken? It, it was King. I'm sorry. A lot of people, a lot, of, a lot of people play either king or law. Well, you know my philosophy on fighting game characters. Like it's, uh, I just like cool ones, and so there's a lot of the Japanese fighting games that a lot of people love, but I just don't care about because all the characters are just these like fruity anime dudes with their shirts off that like aren't. They're not cool, you know. Like they're just kind of there. Like they might be cool to play as, but like I don't. I like ninjas and robots. That's why I like Mortal Kombat: ninjas, robots, demons, mutants. And so when I saw Tekken, like the only character that I had any interest in was like, well, the guy's got a lion head, right? So or tiger head or whatever the fuck it is. And so uh, that's the only character that I would gravitate towards because everybody else was just like seemed plain to me. There, no, there's a ninja in Tekken, right? The who's what's his name? Ninja? You mean Yoshimitsu? Yoshimitsu? No, no, isn't there like an actual ninja? Like he he dresses in blue. Oh, I'm thinking of Virtual Fighter. But yeah, I, yeah, Tekken One was the best, and then I never played any Tekken's after that. My mate introduced me to Tekken Tag Two, couldn't get into it, and then I've just recently got Tekken Seven and love it, love it. I'm back into fighting again. I, I've fallen in love with fighting again, not in real life. Are you? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so are you playing as King? No, I'm actually playing as Bob. See, that, that, like the fact that there's a character called Bob. Yeah. It's cracking, mate. He's, he's he's like really, really like big, like not not muscle big. I mean, about like big. Let big. me look at this. I'm gonna say Tekken Seven, Bob. It's customization. Also, it's really cool, and I've and I've been practicing with him, um, like learning his moves and stuff. And so he's just y- a big y- fat guy. Yeah, and y- you can pretty much get all the trophies in the practice mode, which is kind of weird. So I've been doing that, and uh, getting better. This is the thing about every other fighting game uh, character roster besides Mortal Kombat. Like, I just look at them like, so it's just some fat guy. Like, that's the character? Like He can move. Yeah. I'm looking at a video here. Bob versus Claudio. I think there was one Tekken series where there was a guy called Juan, and you could play as King, so you could have Juan King. Is there any character in this that's cool? Like, that looks cool? Um... Dragonoff's a bit of an odd bastard. Uh, Tekken 7 characters. Let me look at these guys. 
<laughs> Let me look at these guys. <laughs> Let me check out the guns. All right, what do we got? Okay, we got Kazuya Mishimi. So, Asian dude, pants. Akuma? That's... Akuma, yeah, from Street Fighters, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, all right, so that guy with red hair. John was telling me as well, because I remember Yoshimitsu being like this samurai ninja thing in the first one, but it just keeps changing. He used to have this big helmet mask, then now it's just like this weird alien thing. Yeah, there he is. The girls are cool. I hate Eddie. Eddie's an absolute douchebag because he just does these breakdancing moves and you're you don't know whether he's coming or going. Josie. Paul Phoenix has got that haircut. Dagunov's a knobhead. Lucky Chloe. Jack. Devil Jin. Like, I look at all these characters, and I don't know who the fuck I would pick. Well, that's why you have a little practice, but I've been practicing when I was doing the Tekken 7... Devil Jin, I guess. is Devil Jin seems like the only guy I'd pick, because he's got wings. He's, he's pretty cool. He's quite hard. Paul Phoenix has this massive punch that just wipes out half of your health, and uh, I can see it coming, but I still walk into it. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> but he's been there since day one, and he really, so... Same with Law. So, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's mine. That's my game. All right, man. Well, let's uh, listen to another track, and then we'll wrap this up. How about that? Uh, mate, I went about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, man. What have you got? Well, we're going to listen to a track by Dynatron. Uh, this is a cool one. This is Stars of the Night by Dynatron.
and that was Dynatron with the track Stars of the Night. Oh. And I'm here today with Adam McNabb. We were talking about our favorite uh, PlayStation 1 games, and we're done. So, uh, you have anything else to say? Get a job? <laughs> <laughs> What are you, like, uh, taking over for uh, James? He used to get mad at me. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Uh, stop stealing my men. Yeah, it felt like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded dodgy. <laughs> sounded like the woman out of bloody Goodfellas, like, like you sleeping with my husband. I just found it uh, really funny. It, it seemed like the idea of, of me not having a full-time job was like a like an attack on everything that he believed. Oh, James used to hate it. He used to get riled up. He used to, you might, if you'd have seen him at this end, I'd be cleaning his mouth. He'd be foaming from the mouth. Mate. <laughs> I used to, I had to, I, had to, I went through, I think I went through a box of Kleenex at least twice that night. <laughs> he was so angry. He will live, <laughs> and, not, and not for the regular reasons. Well, listen, man, the bottom line is this. I always enjoy talking to you. What should we do next, man? We're going to do PlayStation 2? Yes, PlayStation. I thought we had done PlayStation 2. No, we've just done Super Nintendo, and the N64 was a two-parter, so we could still talk about GameCube, mm. PlayStation 2. Mm. I mean, we could do an Xbox show. Like, uh, there's a bunch of Xbox games. Uh, right? yeah. So, so no, then? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, mate, I thought the Xbox was good for what it was worth the first one, but if you want a door draft excluder, then that's perfect. But what the hell is a door draft excluder? To stop drafts coming at the door. See, size of Xbox, it was massive, it was like a suitcase. No, I know, but like, is that what you call those over there? Like, you have such a technical word for that? Yeah, it's called a door draft excluder. For your front door, <laughs> return the heat by improving your home with expert door draft excluders. Keep your home warm with our range of excluders, yeah. There you go. Here. Door draft excluder. I think I'm lying, mate, but you, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah there we go, home base. So home base is British. Mind blown. Balls dropped. Door draft excluder. That could be a name of uh, Diebolt's next episode. Well, we still have to do fucking episode one of that. What's going on with that anyway? Uh, I just get so overwhelmed because it's like it's like 45 minutes of audio that needs to be edited down to about five. And whenever I have too much material, I just lock up. Like, I don't know what to do with it. Well, And it, you need the context. Just for people listening who don't understand, Adam and I did record a skit. An audio skit that we talked about two years ago or something. We recorded it like two years ago. I still maintain that the end of that skit is some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. But I just can't edit this fucking thing. It just, it's so overwhelming. Well, why do you get a little bit of it and put it in pieces and then we can go back to it and do some more? That's what I was thinking because we, we didn't know what we were doing. It's like, oh, we can be funny and do like an improv comedy skit. And then like halfway through, it's just like, what are we doing? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't think we knew. But the end was so good and it's all you. Like, the whole end was you playing two characters who are <laughs> just... Christ, I can't wait for people to hear it. Because well, it's the weirdest... <laughs> just even when you were done recording it, and just you saying, just fucking... Just, 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 keep, just keep the end. <laughs> it's like, well, that was weird, wasn't it? Like, just, just so fucking weird. But so funny, and I'm crying in the background. <laughs> we'll keep the end bit then, and then we can go back on it then. Why don't we work backwards? Why don't we just try that? <laughs> I mean, we could. Like, just write a whole thing that ends up in a scene. I'm not even going to tell anybody what happens in that scene, because it no, is... No, don't, don't. But we need to, you know, we need to organize. Let's write a structure down. We didn't even think of a structure. Oh, you thought of the scenario. Well, uh, maybe I'll do it over the summer because this this summer uh, I'm still doing episodes. We're gonna have the Beyond Synth. Uh, summer series, so I'm hopefully going to have like a new guest on every week. I think I'm going to take that time because I won't be doing any video shooting or anything like that. So I might take that time and finally. Oh, you might, edit so you that might thing. have us back on. You might have like a set on in a couple of months. 
month or so. Get your thing done so we can do a proper look at Christmas again, because there's no way I'm doing another, like, 15 guests of Christmas. That show was a bitch to fucking put together. I would love to do a look at Christmas, so uh, fucking yeah, we'll hurry try, up. We'll try and get, we'll try and get James from Dubai and involved as well, then. Oh, whatever. Yeah, who gives a fuck, man? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Right, can, can we go now, because I want to enjoy some rich tea biscuits and a cup of tea. All right, man, it was good talking to you. <laughs> You have a lovely day, man. Do you know what rich tea biscuits are? Is it like a draft excluder? Similar, but without being a cocky cunt. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a biscuit, Andy. It's a rich tea. It's like a, it's like the base of a biscuit. It's just like the basic biscuit, but it's with a cup of tea, mm-hmm. one sugar, plenty of milk. It's like this thing overcomes you. It's like this warm velvet of love and lust. Are you actually about to eat a cookie, or are you just going to go jerk off? What's happening? I just did, Andy. Right. It's just amazing, basically. Edit that bit out. Bye. It was good talking to you, and you have a great summer. You too, mate. And I'll speak to you shortly. And everyone should go to PiccoloJoe.com yeah. and uh, check out the t-shirts. There's going to be a sale coming on soon as well, so I don't know. Ooh, summer sale. Yeah, before the next collection out. But yeah, have a little look. PiccoloJoe.com. And if people go to uh, Look Set on YouTube, they can see the preview. Uh, yes, the tees are on our page. If they go to Facebook page and type in Lacassette, they'll see it in 4K. I think Joe's done it in 4K for everyone. Ooh. Well, maybe I'll, so. I'll play that little uh, that little teaser now because it was good. Mm. And uh, you have a great summer, man, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Andy. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That was my uh, conversation with Adam McNabb from Lacassette and Piccolo Joe. So check those things out. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll... Uh, We'll end on the Lucasette uh, teaser. A little, like, 30-second sample of uh, their upcoming track. And, uh, yeah, man, you guys have a good week, and uh, I'll try next week to uh, do a proper show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. There's nothing there